I think we should go back. What? <laughs> You're scared of the Grinch! No. <laughs> they say he lives up here in a big cave, and he only comes down when he's hungry for the taste of... Who fresh? Sometimes, the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. Okay. I believe. And probably the most important thing. I don't ever feed him after midnight. MPI Paranormal Radio. The truth is to be found. An internet radio show dedicated to the open discussion of different paranormal topics by military paranormal investigations. Our aspiration is to research and discover the possibilities of scientific reasons to a field of study which many do not believe to be supported by facts. Military Paranormal Investigations is not affiliated to any branch of the military. We are a science-based paranormal research organization of active duty and retired military members, dependents, and or friends located out of Wichita Falls, Texas. Recorded or live, broadcasting with Shoutcast on multiple websites to get the maximum reach. Now, here are your hosts, members of the MPI team. Good evening and welcome to Military Paranormal Investigations Radio. My name is Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm Allison. I want to welcome you to the show tonight. I think tonight we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas traditions and kind of around the world, a little weirder side. I've kind of titled it Walking in a Weirder Wonderland, although Jeff's looking at me like I'm a little crazy. But I want to start off with a little bit of our business as usual. We are not associated to any branch of the military. You can find us on our website at militaryparanormal.com. Our Facebook page. On YouTube. Or Twitter. And I may get an Instagram going. I'm not sure yet. So, what have you guys been up to? Well, of course, we're only five days away from Christmas. I can't believe that uh, it's come this fast. I know it's crazy. We were, uh, I was, we were talking earlier about it, but we've been watching Hallmark Christmas movies since before Halloween. I'm a little burnt out almost already. And yeah, and we were also talking about how stores now are. Seems to be earlier and earlier in the year they're putting up all their Christmas displays, and it's going to be won't be long before Christmas stuff will be up year round. It's a yeah, it's crazy. What about you, Allison? I am getting ready for Christmas. Getting ready. Yes, (laughs) it's going to be here if I like it or not. So I understand that. That's what we we pretty much do everything off of Amazon now. Yeah, Uh, we. We didn't. We don't go Black Friday shopping. We don't do any of that. We pretty much everything comes via Amazon. We never leave our little happy abode. 
Well, that's why a lot of these big chain stores are being shut down. Yep. You can purchase it on Amazon and get it delivered quickly. I don't have to deal with people because people nowadays are crazy. That is correct. Well, you were talking earlier about how I didn't see it, but I guess Black Friday sales, they had a lot of shootings. And yeah, they had, uh, you know, I got family in Birmingham, Alabama, and I guess they had a shooting out there over a pair of shoes. Wow. Uh, there were fights all over the place, and uh, it's, it's just it's just crazy. People don't care anymore. Yeah, well, we're going to lead this off by saying some of the stuff we're going to talk about will be... A macabre a little macabre and a little different than you probably ever heard of um or you know it's more than i had before i started doing a little bit of research on this so hopefully we f- you'll find this interesting so mike go ahead and get us started started off on the traditional saint nicholas santa claus yes kringle so i thought i would talk a little bit about santa claus everybody you know and i'm gonna Tonight's show is we're going to leave religious aspects alone. Uh, this is just about the traditional Christmas gatherings of Santa Claus and that sort of stuff. Um, although there are some tie-ins to, you know, of course, it's always got a tie-in to, to uh, religious aspects. But it's this is not where we're going with that. So I thought I would though start talking a little bit about uh, where Santa Claus came from, which is pr- pretty much widely accepted that he was... Uh, St. Nicholas of Myra, which was a 4th century Greek Christian bishop. He was typically described wearing a long red robe, and he was known for generosity and gift-giving towards poor. Um, He would leave gifts for children in exchange for food or hay for his horses as he came around, and he was canonized after his death on December 6th, which is a date you'll remember as we get a little into some of the other characters as we go along. But um, now, this version of Santa uh, kind of lasted up through the Middle Ages and into the Protestant Reformation, where the date was changed to the pre- present dates. Uh, our current version is pretty much from the Dutch and Sinterklaas, and they brought that with them across the big pond over as well, you know, as the New World was being settled. And now he still wore red robes and that sort of stuff, and he had, but now he had elves, and that's where they think the elves tradition came from was the Dutch lore aspect of it. And uh, he would come down the chimney after riding his horse across the rooftops. Now, you're looking at me like I'm No, I'm I'm just listening to you. (laughs) So now is where our traditional aspects of, you know, the U.S. version of of Santa Claus comes in. And it was about that time in 1822, there was Clement Moore's poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas. Do you know what that is? The night before Christmas. The night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas. Actually, it's called the night before Christmas. Right. But that's where reindeer came in. Okay. And, and I will say this because we don't talk about this, but I did read some articles where the flying reindeer may have come from, you know, in in uh, Norway, the reindeer there eat the fly garrick mushrooms. And anyway, okay, we won't go there. But <laughs> so, uh, but that's where. The rain, the flying reindeer came in, and then the the plumpness of Santa came in because up until this time he was kind of a scrawny, you know, a, yeah. a bishop guy. You know, he was had a little. Um, so, our version of Santa really was solidified by the 1930s ad from Coca Cola, and everybody I think has seen that at some point in time. You may have seen it in TV commercials or something, but um, so that that's it. That's you know. I'm not going to talk about it. I mean, we do have some overseas people, but I think pretty much everybody knows Santa. Yeah. You know, in from 
the commercialized American version of it. Okay. Well, why don't we uh, go into the more weirder part of where we were talking about. Our uh, first one we're going to talk about is Krampus. You know, when we sat down tonight, I was talking, you know, and I kind of sent you guys some notes to look over and everything. And I was a little uh, kind of shocked that y'all had never heard of really Krampus. Yeah, I, I had honestly never heard of it. I have not either. And uh, it's it's crazy because, you know, down in Dallas, I know they have a Krampus festival down there. And, and uh, it comes from Austria. Uh, you know, we'll go into a little more about it. But it comes from Austria. And they still have, today, they still have Krampus festivals and that sort of stuff, you know, that, that they take from that. Yeah. And uh, doing a little reading that I did, it said uh, Krampus is uh, sometimes known as the anti-Santa or the Christmas devil. Yeah, you know, the traditional image of Krampus is the horned goat. It's a demonic goat that is, again, the opposite of Santa. And some versions had Krampus as, you know, Santa, St. Nicholas would come, and and they they even say that St. Nicholas was able to control the demon. So Santa would come along and pay attention to the, the good kids, and then the bad kids were left to go with with uh, Krampus. So, uh, you know, a lot of the stories came from the day of St. Nicholas feast, which was December 6th, which is the day of his death. That the story says that on December 5th, Krampus would come around and make sure the little kids had been behaving. Now there's a couple different versions of what Krampus actually does. Yeah. The, the one I was reading here, uh, as you said, Krampus was a half goat, half demon who walked the streets carrying chains and bells. The night of December the 5th is considered Krampus knocked when he comes out to punish all of the bad children by beating them with switches or kidnapping them to eventually torture and eat them. And, and some of the stories say he takes them to hell for a year, then we'll bring them back the next year if they've repented. Uh, that's the one that I hear most is that he takes them to hell to eat them. Now, what, what did you say Krampus meant? The claw. The claw. Yeah. And then it says December 6th, as previously mentioned, is Nicholas Tog or St. Nicholas Day. So they're saying they compare it to like the yin and the yang. You right. Have, you have the good and the bad. And, you know, the origins of Krampus is really kind of unknown, but it kind of comes from they, they think around paganism in the 15th century. And then it kind of really came out around the 17th century. And then was kind of shushed a little bit as the the Protestant Reformation was happening. The the church kind of quietened that down, which is where some say we get some of our our traditions of of switches and coal and that sort yeah. of stuff. Now some of the other stories we go into do the same thing, yeah. so they're probably coming from yeah. all of that. Yeah, and just just so you know, like they actually made two movies, one called Krampus, and then a Christmas horror story. That one you were looking at looked pretty good. Yeah, though, didn't it? yeah, that one was twenty fifteen. All right, so uh, let's go into our next story. This is Frau Perkta. Yeah, so Frau Perkta is, or Berkt, Berkta, which Berkta. is P-E-R-C-H-T-A or B-E-R-C-H-T-A. And some say that she is the female version of Krampus. But it's kind of a, it, most of these stories base off of getting children to behave. If 
the kids were behaving, then she would come down the chimney and slip, or she would come into your home and slip a coin into your shoe, which, I mean, if you think about now, we you know have stockings hung by the chimney with care and, yeah. you know, they slip stuff into there. But if you weren't, pay attention because this is uh, not for the faint of heart. She would slice open the stomachs, remove their internal organs and replace them with straw or trash. I think that's, I mean, you were talking about it earlier. I mean, did people really, is, is this like, did they just tell their kids this or were they like, did the society then believe this? Yeah. Well, one of the articles I was reading, it says, unless children wanted to fall prey to the percta, they should leave out milk or porridge for the creature. Milk and cookies. Milk and cookies. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's all very interesting. <laughs> I'm seeing Christmas in a different light. Yeah. It's a it seems like they wanted to keep their kids in line is yes. what most of the traditions come from. Scaring them. Yeah, you did you talk about how she gave the the uh, gifts to the good kids and the punishment during the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, oh, no, I didn't talk about that. Yeah. All right. Well, the next one we want to look at is the Yule cat. The Yule Cat. That one's kind of quick. I want... Uh... Yeah, that's uh, the Yule Cat. That's the one where uh cat goes around looking for kids not wearing new clothes. Yeah, they, they think that maybe it was a way to... And this is an Icelandic tradition, which is I think our next one might be too, but it's an Icelandic tradition where they think they were trying to maybe um, get people to be generous in helping less fortunate kids yeah. into giving new clothes. And if they didn't, then the kids didn't have uh, good clothes. That, that it said that kids that had new clothes were good kids, and they were they were doing what they were supposed to. But lazy kids didn't, so that the Yule cat would eat eat them. And the name is like I can't even pronounce it. It starts with a J, and uh, I tried to go to the pronunciation thing, and I still can't say it. But all right. Well, the next one we wanted to talk about was Gryla and the Yule lads. Once again, this was an Icelandic story. You were talking about the Yule Lads earlier, Jeff. Merry but mischievous little guys take turns visiting kids on the 13 nights leading up to Christmas. Children place their shoes on the windowsill in anticipation of the visit. Good children got treats, but bad ones got rotten potatoes. Now, it's it's funny you say that because that's kind of now the toned-down version that, again, was modified as the uh, as time has gone on in the church. It changed a lot of things. The Gryla is said to live in the Icelandic mountains. She lived there with, like, her third husband and these uh, 13 kind of crazy guys. And there's there were stories of them that they we would tote around, like, sticks and things like that just to cause trouble with but every christmas they would come down from the mountains and she would try to find the naughty children where she would boil them in her cauldron and eat them again yeah, yeah. crazy stories <laughs> and but- it's kind of been changed now to where the potatoes the rotten potatoes came because somehow along the lines i remember reading somewhere where the potatoes were part of her stew or something so right. now it's just the bold potatoes yeah yeah and it looks uh doing some of the reading it says it looks like uh 
a lot of places banned right. that story. The Icelandic govern, government had to step in and ban the use of her legend as a parenting technique. That's and, crazy. Instead, she was rebranded and rep, uh, presented in a way that has her spreading holiday cheer. Yes. I believe that was in uh, night, or 1746. Okay. Very good. Well, the next one we wanted to look at, Bell Snickle. Is Bell, that right, Mike? Bell Snickle. Bell Snickle, yes. He's a, it's another Austrian or Germany, German version. Uh, he's, another, he's been labeled as like another companion to St. Nicholas. And, but he's pretty much not a very good guy, just like the rest of them. Um, he usually shows up, he's wearing like clothes made of like animal skins and that sort of stuff. But it, here's another story though. He, like the typical one, he's bringing switches to beat the misbehaving children with. Wow. But he does keep gifts in his pocket for kids who've been good all year. It says here, uh, originating in German in the Rhine traditions, the name Belsnickel comes from the German Belsen, meaning to wallop. To wallop. Like to beat their kids again. And nickel for St. Nicholas. He's labeled as another anti-Santa. Right, exactly. All right, and finally, we're going to finish up with La Befana. So La Befana is an Italian tradition, and children there, they are afraid of the Christmas witch, La Befana. So I guess it's January 5th there. She comes down the chimney and judges all the kids. So the kids, they were waiting, and they leave out socks attached to the mantle. That's where we... You have our stockings. Right. So if you were good, she fills them all with goodies. And then if you were bad, she fills them all with coal. Okay. Now, what I found interesting is there's a couple of different stories from the origins of it. And one of the most, the most popular one is that the three wise men on their way to Jesus's birth stopped by and to ask directions she gave them directions, but declined to enjoin them after being invited. Later on, she thought of it and said, well, I need to go catch up with them. And she she couldn't find them. So it now it's said that she flies around on her broomstick on the eve of the Epiphany, still looking for the baby Jesus. Wow. Now, what I find funny, and this is what my, uh, my wife would like versus the milk and cookies, is kind of like Santa Claus, instead of leaving out milk and cookies, it said that they leave out wine for her. <laughs> She couldn't, she couldn't drink too much of that. She might fall off her broomstick. I know. <laughs> Drinking the flying. Yeah. We kind of tapered it off a little bit back to just beating the kids with switches, but I think it's crazy how many traditions are like eating kids and taking them to hell, and and uh, it's it's kind of nuts. It makes you really appreciate the Elf on a Shelf. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't even, before we did this, really didn't even know there were that many traditions. Oh, this only yeah. touches, oh, I'm sure. just skims the surface. There are so many traditions. And if we left out one, that's like your favorite or don't be offended or anything. We just kind of wanted to get something out just to be thinking about the little bit of different stuff that's out there. Yeah. What do you think, Allison? Well, with the research that I've done, I find it very interesting of seeing the picture. So I would recommend our listeners out there to look at the pictures oh, and yeah. see what they... And when they have parades and festivals, they'll make, you know, 
uh, effigies of some of these things, especially the Krampus thing. You know, the, when Jeff was talking about the chains and stuff, these Krampus parades, they get decked. I mean, these are big deals. They get decked out. And this is what I was telling you about in Dallas. They they have these big parades and these people wear these big stilts and, you know, and they've got these horned. It, it's a big deal to make these things all year long. And, and they have these big, big parades with it of these chains. And, and I did read this one episode, though, where it's somewhere in Austria and that, like, if you're watching, they're going to, they come up and they, like, beat you and they, like, it, it's like a big deal. So wow. <laughs> like for real beat you and stuff. So yeah, well, I don't think I'll be going to a Krampus event anytime soon. I think it'd be neat to see it. Although, you know, it could be, I, so I was watching some of this stuff on YouTube and it could be a little creepy if you were there and not knowing what to expect. And, and, yeah. uh, and like I said, it's a, I know there's a big one in Dallas. I, I if yeah. I'm trying to think of who it was, where I heard that from, that they were talking about how that like last year there was like, couple hundred people that showed up to march in this thing and kind of crazy that is crazy so um y'all have anything else on christmas traditions no i kind of like my santa claus and elf on the shelf and frosty and and frosty yes well i guess as as we were talking about this i was going to ask you do you guys have any particular traditions that you have in your family at christmas time you know, it's it's funny you say that. We, uh, I think we have, you know, we, we do our presents on Christmas Eve, and then you know, of course, you know, Santa comes by on Christmas night, and uh, so we have that, and it's just Christmas Day. We, you know, we we have that, and we have family over, and we eat. The thing that we did is, you know, you have Thanksgiving, then you have Christmas, then you have New Year's. Yeah. So what we changed up to kind of break the norm a little bit, and we might get hate mail for this, might might not, but so Thanksgiving we have traditional Thanksgiving. Uh, meals and then Christmas we have we do like an entire Mexican plate uh everything is based off of you know Mexican Tex-Mex cuisine and then New Year's we do seafood so we we kind of broke that up a little bit uh just uh we like to cook and eat so okay very good Allison how about you well I grew up doing um Christmas Eve at grandparents house okay and Christmas Day, Christmas morning, we, you know, Santa would stop by and then we open our gifts and then we would go back out to grandma's house and um, New Year's Eve, it, well, let me back up. Christmas would be the turkey and the ham. You get both. And then Christmas, or New Year's Eve, we would do the starting of the Cooking of the black-eyed peas. That's what I was about to ask. Do y'all yes. do the black-eyed peas? Yes, oh, I yes. don't. You put I the don't. Di- you put the dime in them, Allison. Uh, no, well, what's the dime? You put the dime in, and the person that gets the the dime is has good luck all year. Hmm. I did not know that. So, in we make our you know ours cook all day. They get real nice, and so yes. we use right you know real peas. And yes, not just canned stuff or anything. And then um. You put the dime in and you make them real thick and then the dime will kind of get in there and the person that gets them has good luck for the rest of the year. So it's kind of like the uh, the cake in Louisiana where they put the baby. Oh, yeah, that's the Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah. the baby in the cake. Yeah. yeah. When I was at Barksdale Air Force Base, that was a big deal. Yeah. Even though people say that's not real Cajun country. but Yeah, I don't think. What about you, Jeff? I, you know, I don't really think we have any real traditions. The only thing that I remember growing up as a kid is it was always, you know, course you had to be up before the sun even came up waking your parents up saying hey santa claus came um 
And then when we uh, sat around the tree, it was always, one year was my brother's turn to hand out the gifts, and the next year it was my turn. Um, and then when I had my own family, of course, you know, we had separate Christmases because they spent time with their mother, and, and so that got a little bit hard, you know, because Christmases, it was like you had two or three different Christmases, so that was kind of hard. Um, but then we did the uh, opening the gifts the night before. Because they were of a German descent, and that's the way they did theirs was the night before. So we did the the Santa that on the opening of presents, the oldest kid gets to wear the hat and pass out the gifts. Oh, that's so. that's very good. Now, now, do you guys have a order in which you open, like the youngest, or no? It's up to the person passing them out. Okay, very good. All right. Well. I'm excited for Christmas. Like I said, it's hard to believe it's only five days away. Yeah, I you know I, I miss the I miss the old days of when I was a kid at Grandma's, like Allison was saying. And yeah, you know we used to after we ate on Christmas Day, my uncle and I would take off and we'd go hunting for the week. You know, and yeah. it was it was a good time. But well, you know, I think before we started this, we were sitting around the table talking, and you know, I think it's it's really sad that we've made Christmas so materialized commercialized you know, commercialized yes. yeah you know it's i don't think at least to me it doesn't have that same feel that it did you know like you were talking about going over to your grandma's house or mm-hmm. something like that it this doesn't have that feel to me anymore yeah, i think society's different yeah but that's a different discussion exactly so. but all in all i think uh you all have anything else on christmas or new year's i was going to say i think we had a pretty good year yeah you think about it we started out what in february we all met together at at johnny carino's for our 10th year anniversary anniversary. dinner um we picked up and started doing some radio shows started doing some investigations and got back busy with investigations yeah yeah, we did several conferences we went to this year March, we went to, what, Paranormal Unity Fest. April, we went to the Southeast Texas Bigfoot. Right. And then we just went to the... Texas Bigfoot. Texas Bigfoot, yeah. We did a... We did do a pay investigation this year to go have some fun. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Turned out really good. So, uh, yeah, it's... um, I'm I'm really looking forward to 2019 because I think we've got a lot of good stuff already in work. I know Allison brought to us tonight possibly two investigations looking we, forward to going on. Absolutely. And we had one that just came up here right around Thanksgiving that we're working on. Yeah. I've got a, I'm going to be working on the YouTube channel. I've been working on that actually trying to get some of our old stuff up. Yeah. Um, and then start trying to create some content that people might want to see. And then we already have, I know me, I've already, I don't have tickets yet, but we have the, uh, the Southeast Texas Bigfoot yeah, Conference. I'm yeah. looking forward to going to that one. Sounds yeah. like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and then go back, of course, to Jefferson in the fall. Yeah. I'll probably go back to the Paranormal Unity Fest. I know there's a lot of things that aren't in our really our genre personally, but right. I like to go down there and hear. Well, I think it's good to uh, network yeah. with other people. The um, I know one of the things I really want to do, and I've had tickets like two years in a row and I end up can't go on, is the, the Ozark Mountain UFO yeah. Conference. I'm, yeah, I know. We really wanted to go this year. And then I'm planning to do some, like, expeditions. Yeah. Maybe go out and do some, like, like ghost town tours or, you know, trying to go through and really find some of the old 
old stuff that we can get out in the get out in the woods, get out on the trail, go, go do something that right. we can find some places to go to. I know. What were you? I think you've got a trip coming up for your birthday, don't you? Well, I, I talked a little bit about uh, with my brother. My brother's really not into the paranormal. He likes scary shows and scary movies, and I mean, he's gone to the Lizzie Borden house and stayed in there overnight, and and. We've been talking about uh, doing a night or two at uh, the Shining Hotel out in uh, Colorado. So the Stanley. Stanley Hotel. There you go. Uh, yeah. Just so you know, I, I will be attending with you. That's fine. Yes. Anyone that wants to come along is welcome. That sounds like a plan. It's, we'll know, have to do that and then go do that, that mine and ghost town tour in Colorado on the way. There you go. We can do that. We that, can do that. Sounds like that would be fun. And uh, something else I'd like for us to uh, maybe look at planning is maybe towards the end of the year doing a workshop. Yep, maybe we, do something for Halloween this year. We haven't done we haven't done a workshop in quite a while, so uh, keep an eye out on our uh, Facebook page and and our website for uh, when those may be coming. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for uh, sticking with it this year. I know we've had a lot going on in each of our lives this year. Yeah, I'd really like to say thank you to all of our followers that have stuck with us because we, we we pretty much didn't get a lot of content out this year, but I think 2019 is going to be a much better year and we'll get some stuff out. We got, you know, Allison's on full board this year, so I, I think. Uh, piggyback on what Mike said, thank you guys for uh, sticking with us and listening to us. I want to wish each of you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and we look forward to uh, talking with you in 2019. I would also like to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. And same here. Very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And come back and join us again. Our work here is finished. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a Happy New Year. <laughs>